The death toll in Ukraine has spiked in the past few weeks. On average, 800 Russian soldiers have been killed or wounded on the battlefield, according to the Ukrainian government. It's the highest number of casualties since the invasion's first week. But there's no independent verification for Kiev's counting methods. Luke Sidham Dundon joins us this morning. Uh, so, Luke, how are the battlefield dead and injured actually being counted? Good morning, PK. So, with the whole scale invasion of Ukraine about to enter its second year, the UN reports more than 7,000 civilians have been killed. But where the figures, figures get more fickle, is how many troops have been killed and injured on either side. And while widespread disinformation might make finding accurate numbers really tricky, it doesn't mean it's impossible to spot an outright lie. Last week, for instance, Elon Musk retweeted false figures via a fake news article that wrongly claimed NATO troops were dying by the thousands in Ukraine. Here's how the Wall Street Journal's Yaroslav Trofimov responded on Twitter. Elon Musk is amplifying patently fake Russian propaganda. No, there are no NATO soldiers in Ukraine, dead or alive. So some figures are outright lies, PK. Others are closer to the truth, but they're still incredibly hard to verify. Norway, last month, estimated 100,000 Ukrainian troops had been killed or wounded in the war. That figure was almost double for Russia at 180,000. But those figures aren't actually based on a verifiable tally of confirmed casualties. So far, the only publicly available database of confirmed Russian military deaths is kept by BBC Russia, an independent media outlet Mediazona. Here's one of their data journalists, David Frankel. Ukrainian numbers are the upper estimation because, well, they do not confirm each death using several sources as we do. So our current number is 14,000 and we understand that it's the lowest estimation because we mostly count officers because they are more recognized and more remembered. We estimate that it's actually two or three times more, around 30, 40,000. Wow, Luke, that number is a long way off from Western estimates. How are journalists like David finding their figures? PK, it's no easy task. So David spoke to me from Israel, where he now lives after leaving Moscow when the war began. All our team fled from Russia because covering war is actually a criminal case in Russia right now. A lot of uh, data we gather from Russian cemeteries. We cannot do that ourselves because it's uh, not safe to go to Russia. We send requests and we get answers from the authorities that they don't want to answer to independent media because of censorship and because they hate us. So why are official figures so hard to come by? David says the lowball figures provided by Moscow are all about maintaining domestic support for the war, something Mediazona is trying to counter. The propaganda in Russia is enormous and people don't have really any other sources than official ones. It's important to try at least to break this wall of propaganda and censorship and try to deliver the idea of how big the cost is for Russian society. Even for people who support it, it's still a very high cost. So, Luke, will we ever have a clear idea of the true death toll in Ukraine? Right now, all we have are the estimates. Calculating and confirming each and every death with multiple sources sources could take years. Nearly 25 years ago, Bekim Blaukai became, began compiling death toll figures following the Kosovo War. He's still not finished. 
our bottom line to document one victim was to have two independent sources of information for that victim. So for, for that casualty. However, so far, we have documented 13,535 killed and missing persons. And in average, now we are having eight sources of information for every single victim. Beckham says given Kosovo's geography, it was easier to record casualties than it might be in Ukraine, one of the largest countries in Europe. He says, though, that it's not just about understanding the state of play mid-conflict, but ensuring peace and truth after the last shot is fired. It is really important for so many reasons. Most important is to prevent denial and future generations should know what exactly happens and who are victims. It is really very important for a peaceful future. We had crimes committed during Second World War and in its aftermath. Those crimes in the Second World War were not discussed at all. We didn't learn in, in our schools at all about those crimes. In absence of having accurate information what happens, then they will build myths and prejudges against each other. Everyone, every side will see themselves as victims while others as perpetrators. And this biased narrative can do a harm in the future. Bekim Blaukai there from the Kosovo Humanitarian Law Centre. And earlier, Media Zona data journalist David Frankel speaking to Luke Sidham Dundon. It's easier than ever to hear your favourite local and national ABC radio stations live and on demand on the ABC Listen app.